and I believe in the prophecy, which is such a huge percentage of the Bible. Twenty four percent, I think I've learned from yeah. Joel that yeah, twenty percent exactly. of the Bible is prophecy. Yeah, twenty seven, but we, yes, twenty seven. Yeah, it's a lot. He's going to do <laughs> things with Israel in the future. But yeah. what was the blatantly obvious thing to me in that moment, my first trip to Israel, that God is doing things with Israel and the people of Israel today. Today we're privileged to talk to someone who's blessed the Joshua Fund as musician and artist at our events in the past. Aaron Schust, hi, and welcome to this episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, Executive Director of the Joshua Fund, and today I am joined here at the National Religious Broadcasters at the Joshua Fund booth by Aaron Schust. Aaron is a musician, an artist, a songwriter, and a passionate advocate for the love of Israel and her neighbors. Uh, and I'm excited for you guys to get to meet him today. Aaron, welcome. Glad you're with us, brother. Carl, great to be here. Thanks you. Thank you for having me, I should say. Yeah. So we're both trying to wake up. Well, we're both trying to wake up. This is, this is quite it's an a, event, it's man. It's exciting. It's, it's exciting to, to, to walk around and, and meet people and, and, uh, and fellow ministers oh, and build up with the passion for the Lord and what he's doing. Sometimes so, I feel like a fanboy. You know, there's, there goes Dennis Prager or there goes, absolutely. you know, Eric Metaxas. Or, exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, and some of know. the conversations are just dizzying <laughs> and you bounce from one to another. So the, you can hear in the background the excitement in the room, right? Exactly. And, 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 you know, speaking here. of fanboy, I'm a little bit of a fanboy of Aaron Schuss. Ah, uh, we, we, had a, uh, we had an amazing event last year at uh, Naples, Florida, the Epicenter Briefing. Yes, yes. And uh, you, uh, you took four days out of your very busy schedule and led us in worship and led us really in, in ways that I've, I've never had the privilege of being led, um, hmm. especially your, your, your love for Israel. and your. I, I just want our, our, our listeners to really hear your story and to, to hear hmm. that. Uh, from you. Yeah, I'd love to share. Well, let's see where to begin. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home uh, here in the United States. Uh, I've I've been beautifully accused a few times today of being from Israel. There's a part of me that really wishes I lived in Israel. (laughs) You Uh, do look like Jesus. I look like Jesus. Um, According to some historians, my hair is even too long (laughs) and I'm definitely older than he ever lived on this earth. There you go. Um, But uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in a Christian family. But my, I think of my mother's love for the Bible, the whole Bible from cover to cover. I think of her love for what I grew up calling the Old Testament. And, uh, I, even this weekend, I've heard some, some dear Jewish brothers refer to it as the Old Testament. The, we know that that word old has some connotations of obsolete and it's not remotely, I, I believe. So I, lo- I recently I've been calling it the Hebrew scriptures, the Hebrew Bible. And I love Hebrew that because our words matter and our words inform what we think and our mm. words inform what other people think about what we're trying to communicate. Sure. She had a love for the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. And I honestly didn't see, I know there was a division. There was an extra blank page in the middle of all of our Bibles, but I saw it as one whole yes. story from Genesis to Revelation. I've always seen it that way. There's a story that I, I love to tell every once in a while because it's, it's, I think it's so unusual. To me, it was normal. But my mom, and both of my parents are still with us, my mom was in charge. She led the high school youth group at our small, little, <laughs> small tiny little church. Awesome. And one of the projects she decided to do one summer was to recreate a scale model of the tabernacle. And oh, it was huge. She actually wow. took the, the, um, the dining room table 
like the the addition the, the, the yeah. thing that made our dining room table i don't know it, it would be six feet or eight, yeah. seven feet yeah. long it was huge and she made a scale model we're talking glue carl and she <laughs> put the sand down so it was covered with sand yeah because she wanted her kids to understand what the tabernacle was like and you could take off the the tarp on top and see yeah. all the little pieces and wow my point being i grew up with a, a knowledge and a love of the hebrew scriptures yeah and so um, I went to Bible college um, with a degree in music. I, I worked at a Presbyterian church in Atlanta as worship leader in my 20s. Um, but it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe about seven years ago that I went to Israel for the first time. Uh. And I feel like everything that I grew up with that had been lying dormant just came to vivid color. Yeah, I won't say it was dead and it came to life, but just the knowledge of these things, like all of a sudden is something as simple and mundane sounding as walking through Israel, a country I've never been in, but I knew the geography because of the maps in the back of my Bible since I was a kid. Mm. Something as silly as that was so profound to me. Like I knew Capernaum was at the top of the Sea of Galilee Uh because of the maps. I knew where the- In the back of your Bible. In the back of my Bible, you know? (laughs) It's more than just memorizing where Paul visited on his second or third missionary journey. And I think something as simple as that, it just brought it to such life. Um, And so while my first trip to Israel in 2016, I recognized that I was enamored with the topography and the food and the beauty and the, the geography. And I was just telling this to a friend just a few moments ago before I walked over here at another booth. I think that first trip made me realize that God, he didn't just do stuff with Israel in the past. And I believe in the prophecy, which is such a huge percentage of the Bible. 24%, I think I've learned from yeah. Joel. That yeah, 20% exactly. of the Bible is prophecy. Yeah, 27, but we, yes. 27? Yeah, it's a lot. He's going to do <laughs> things with Israel in the future. But yeah. what was the blatantly obvious thing to me in that moment, on my first trip to Israel, that is God is doing things with Israel and the people of Israel yeah. today. And Absolutely. I didn't want to miss that. Yeah. I didn't want to be guilty of like 2,000 years ago, so many people missed the coming of the Messiah the first time. Yes. I don't want to miss what God's doing with Israel today. So I just decided to jump in. You know, well, that's kind of, that's a synopsis of, <laughs> of where I am now. Well, it seems like, you know, from from the conversations and, and uh, experience that I had with you last fall, that, you know, God has really used that experience with Israel to really shape your musical journey as well. Mm. Tell me about your, your musical journey. Where did, where did that Right. Begin? I, I kind of skipped that, all that part, isn't yeah. it? It's, that goes to show you that's not who I am. That's yeah. a part of, it's a, a part, part of who, who I am. That's why I, I said a minister and artist, you know, because yes. that's who you are. Um, let's go back to the beginning again. My mom in charge of the music put me up on stage to sing my first solo when I was four years old on a <laughs> Sunday night. Give them all to Jesus. Shattered dreams, wounded hearts, yeah. broken toys. But playing through the house, she owned the Jews for Jesus record, an LP. And so I grew up with every once in a while, not all the time, but every once in a while in the house, the words Yeshua, Hamashiach, has come to Israel. Moses and the prophets described him very well. If you're looking for the father, you'll find him in the sun. (laughs) And and the the minor music and the um umpapa was very familiar to me. It it wasn't so alien that it scared me when I heard it later in life. And it was precious and it was ancient and it was sacred sounding Mm. to my heart. Okay. So music and the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, the church was always God and music. God and music was always such a huge part of who I was. I mentioned that I went to school, Tokoa Falls College in Georgia oh, yeah. for music. Uh, started working at a Presbyterian church in Atlanta as a worship leader. And I started writing songs. A lot of them were hymns. Some of them were new songs that I would write for the Sunday morning offertory or the Wednesday evening gathering of, of young people. And I eventually made an album 
Yeah. The whole purpose, Carl, was just to sell it in the church bookstore. If I can sell a couple <laughs> copies in the church bookstore. That's kind of the big time for a lot of guys. That's big time. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and little did I know that there were some people uh, behind the scenes who believed in my songs that were shopping it to places in Nashville yeah. unbeknownst to me. Yeah. And uh, before too long, I, I got uh, picked up on a record label and songs were being played on radio stations around the world. Yeah. And I never tried to push that envelope. Yeah. Which um, I was I was trying my best to be faithful where God had me. Yeah. Even though I might have had dreams yep. other places that God, I believe, placed in my yeah. heart, was trying to be faithful where he had me. Yeah. And I, I believe this to this day, you know, to do our best to be prepared and to be faithful and to be pure and to follow hard after God, knowing yeah. that he's going to lead us yeah. where he wants to. I know some of your story, Carl. You didn't <laughs> think a number of years ago you'd be doing this with the Joshua Fund. No. But here you are. Yes. You know, and you yeah. you couldn't have planned for that. You right. couldn't have tried to. If you wanted to plan for it, you may not have successfully executed <laughs> that's it. That's right. But God led you here. Yeah, that's right. You know, and so... That's been a part of my journey with, with music. And then that trip to Israel in 2016 it brought me into contact. Kind of the intersection, the, the intersection of your spiritual and your musical yes, yes. And journey. I, I started to listen to Joshua Aaron, who's become a dear friend. Yeah. I started to listen to McKedem, who become dear friends. And I'm like, what is this music? And they're yeah. singing the, the, the words of the Psalms in Hebrew. Yes. That felt so powerful to me. Oh. And when it comes to my music, we're always influenced by what we allow, you know, the sounds, at least when it comes to artistry or, or music in this case, uh, to influence our sound. Yeah. You know, I went to, I went to Scotland a number of years ago and I, sure enough, I put bagpipes on my next album, <laughs> th that kind of stuff. I went to Hawaii. Yeah. Sure enough, I put ukulele on the next yes. album. Well, I started to incorporate the minor sounds. I started to incorporate a little bit of Hebrew. I'd put yeah. Latin in the past on some yeah. of my Christmas music. I started putting some Hebrew it's beautiful uh, from the Psalms. And so that's definitely influenced my sound. Well, that's, that is super encouraging to hear. And I, and I have to say, you know, without question, just my spirit was touched when you sang, uh, some of the songs that you sang with us. I mean, we're going to have those, I'm sure links to some of those songs in the show notes and get, get some samples out there for people to hear because it's one thing to talk about music. It's another thing to hear music and to be taken there. Um, and I know for many people at the event that we held, the Epicenter Briefing, they said it was like a trip to Israel hmm. to hear you lead worship. Because, you know, you, like you wow. said, there were so many influences of Israeli music and worship music in your in your background. That just came right out. Just came right out for all of us. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. And sometimes it comes out in the music, in the sounds. And sometimes it comes out in, in the words. Like I know I hadn't released my last album when we, when we did the last Epicenter, but I played some of my new songs that were going to be released. Yeah. And those come from the Psalms. Yeah. So here we are singing Psalm 8. Yeah. Obviously not the original melody that David wrote 3,000 right. years ago. We don't know that. But I'm singing, you know, oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And we recognize those words as scripture. We recognize those words as, as sacred and as holy. It's the inspired word of God. That's probably my favorite thing to do is to write songs from scripture. That's, That's why I love connecting with Joshua Aaron and writing songs together yeah. from scripture. We'll sit down in a room with our Bibles open and write songs from scripture, sometimes from one chapter sure. or in the case of my song, Zion, from yes. many, many scriptures all throughout the, the yes. Hebrew Bible. That's the song. That's about the, the song. promises yes. of God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his descendants forever. It's such a joy, Carl, when I can play that song to an audience predominantly of evangelical Christians yeah. uh, here in the West, here in the States, 
And I'll often introduce that song by saying, you know, by a show of hands, how many people believe that God keeps his promises? Yeah. 100% of the people are going to raise their hands. Sure. I'm like, did you know that the most often repeated promise to God in the Bible was to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And it's basically this in a nutshell. God says, I will scatter you, my people, mm. to the ends of the earth. And in the last days, I will bring you back again to this land wow. and to my heart. Wow. And I admit, like, that sounds political to our ears, but it's biblical. It's biblical. It's biblical. It's yeah. not about what side are you on. Are you red or blue, left or right? right? It's about what God said. And when I came to grips, when I came face to face with those verses and those yeah. promises, I was so shocked that I was not as familiar with that verse as I should have been. What's my response as an artist? Put it into a song. Yeah. Put it into yeah. a song. Because I'm not yeah. going to be able to explain this well. Yeah. Over and over again on repeat, but a song, a wow. five minute song can do that. Yeah. So that was the purpose of the song Zion. Yeah. And to share that with an audience with like Joshua Fund. Oh, people were in tears. Receives that. Was I was so in tears beautiful. when I wrote it. <laughs> my wife was in tears when I first played it for her. Oh my. I have the demo that I tried to make yeah. at my house and I cried through it. And it was, wow. it, that was such a sacred moment. I didn't delete it. Wow. It's not intended to be shared with anybody, but just to remind yeah. myself, I'm the only person who hears that demo. It's just for me. Yeah. To remind myself of how precious that moment was. It's the truth of God. Yeah. It's well, God speaking. It's amazing. Aaron, we're going to take a quick break right now, and then uh, we'll come back. And I want to hear about your family Excellent. and yeah, want to hear about to the plans for the future, where you're headed next. I mean, besides the next Joshua Fund conference. Of course. All Don't right. want to miss that. Great. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Our verse of the day today is found in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And our prayer request today is that that we would pray that Israel keeps progressing and moving forward and comes more and more in touch with their spiritual heritage, despite all odds. And second, that more people, countries, and ministries will stand with Israel and bless God's people there. Well, Aaron, we're back, and uh, I'm just I'm just thrilled that uh, you know we we had a chance to cross paths here at the NRB and everything. Yeah. And given that we did have that time uh, last fall, and that we're planning another conference uh, next uh, spring in uh, March of 24, what is it that when you come to a conference? When you come to an opportunity like that, what's on your heart? What, what do you pray that God would do? Wow, great question. Two things come to mind already. Uh, one, in the preparation on my part, and this has morphed over the years, and I hope it's improved over the years, 
I've attended a lot of conferences where it sure seems that the goal of a given worship leader is to teach the people as many new songs as possible. <laughs> and I've decided that I don't like that <laughs> um, because there's a time to learn new songs. Yeah. And as an artist who writes songs, I do feel a gentle responsibility to, in, to introduce maybe one, maybe two of, of my songs over the course, yeah. something fresh. Yeah. But I, as an artist, I don't feel the responsibility to have to introduce someone else's brand new, fresh thing. I have the opportunity to introduce one of, my brand new fresh things. The other 98% of the songs, I feel like it's imperative. It should be something that allows the people to immediately engage in worship. Mm. And I think that's really well done through mm. uh, a handful of well-loved hymns yeah. and a handful of well-loved choruses that have yeah. been embraced over the past 20, 30, 40 yeah. years. And, and, and I keep it at that. It's funny you said that. I mean, I, I you know, have been to a lot of conferences as well. And that, that is my pet peeve, and I've never really said that. So why why do we need to, you know, be here to learn? There's a time to learn something new, and something new that really captures, you know, sure. a deep worship thing is, is always a beautiful thing, and keeping it fresh is, is wonderful. But, you know, there's so much we want to, you know, really engage together. And having a time of worship around songs that we all know, right, or the majority of us know. Well, worship is a, is a difficult thing. First of all, you, you, you ascribe the, the, the human spirit, the nefesh. We need to be able to get in tune with what we're ascribing worth to. Yeah. And also, let me say this, that learning new songs is difficult. You've got to think of rhythm, words, melody. Is it too high? Is it too low? So I will be preoccupied with trying to execute a brand new song yes. as a listener. And by the time the song ends... I've never actually worshipped God. Exactly. Okay. That's my point. I wanna, yeah. I'm not talking about getting into a trance. I'm just talking right. about being able to say, you know what? Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. I know this song. Yeah. I haven't sung it for 15 years, but yeah. I know it somewhere right. in the back of my mind. Right. Or like, um, open the eyes of my heart. Open oh, the. Yeah. And I think, yes, the word of God tells us to sing a new song. Okay. Granted. And, and we should. But there's something to be said for not putting all of the eggs in that basket and constantly introducing new songs yeah. because my, I've, I've already made the point ad nauseum. We yeah. need to be able to just enter in yeah. and sing the songs that we, we love. And before I elevate a hymn over a chorus, yeah. I've, I've looked through some old hymn books. They're not all great. The ones that have survived are great. <laughs> right, you know, right. my mom has like some hymnal copywritten 1850 or something like that. Yeah. It's an old, you know, it crackles when you open it. Yeah. And I'll go through the page just praying that they don't break off because it's so yeah. old. And I'm looking through the theology, and most of these hymns are so poor theologically, yeah. but I've also never heard of them. And yeah. then all of a sudden, there's Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yeah, right. I'm exactly. like, whoa, this one survived. Exactly. And it's the same thing with choruses. Yeah. And, and hopefully, it's, it's true with my songs. Yeah. Some of them are not going to survive, and yeah. I pray some of them do. Yeah. You know, well, I, because they're theologically sound. Yeah. I, I love the theological depth. That you do bring to your music, and you know, I love your you. ministry sensitivity to bring familiar songs to uh, an environment like that. It really does put you in a different category. Of you're not a performer at that point. You're no. not. You're not a. You're not even a teacher. Both of which have their place. But you're you are the worship leader or the lead worshiper. I'm saying, follow me. Yeah. I'm saying, hey, here's something we all can do, and that goes into keys as well. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, God did not make the male and female voice an, an exact octave apart. We're about a half an octave apart. So it's difficult. We have to find that common yeah. ground where everybody can do their best to sing. Yeah. So when it comes to songwriting, 
you have to make sure that the range is, is kind of close because when it comes to worship, yeah, because I want men to be able to sing along comfortably yes. and women to sing oh, along man. comfortably. <laughs> I could laugh now, but you know, there are times when you start in the wrong key. Oh, right. And yeah. then you find yourself. Right. Yeah, you can't do it. You, you can't. can't. Well, I think, I think what you just described there is how most women feel all the time when men lead worship. They're just out of their range. They're out of their range. They're out of their depth. Yeah, like they, they yeah. can't fully embrace. So I just led worship at a women's retreat yeah. a couple of weeks ago and I, I dropped the keys a half octave and I'm awesome. singing in the basement the entire time. Yeah. I don't sound good, but that's not the point. But they can let it go. They yeah. were, it, I've never heard women sing so loudly. Wow. And I, again, I'm, I'm choosing songs. So like I'm not wow. doing anything brilliant. I'm yeah. not doing anything unique. I'm just singing. I'm choosing songs that we all know anyhow. Right. That are theologically sound. Right. They're loved and they're sound. The second thing that I look forward to in, in a conference is to sit under the teaching oh, that sure. I would not normally get to sit under. And you, you know, conferences will bring in special guests and yeah. Seth Postel from One for Israel oh, came goodness. in last time. We struck up a relationship and we've become dear friends and Wonderful. I'm sitting under his teaching as well now. And what, and what he, and I, I would not have met him. Yeah. Had we not both been invited yeah. to the Joshua Fund Epicenter. Seth's so a great friend I, of ours. I always look forward to that. And, and as you are as well. And, you know, I just, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think one of the unique things as a, as a songwriter is that you have, you have sort of a, a, a biblical lineage through mm-hmm. David and through, mm-hmm. you know, the, the priests and the Levites who would sing and the yeah. pilgrims Asaph, of Israel. The of Korah. Yeah, yeah, the, the songs the, of the, Babylon, the songs of you know. Babylon, of yeah, and, and of course, songs of ascent. Talk a little bit about how that rich musical and, and lyrical uh, heritage kind of, kind of informs your, your songwriting. It informs it deeply to the point that on, on one end of the spectrum, I'm either doing my best to quote them in whichever translations into English that I have in front of me. And I do love to spread out all of the translations that I have. It's good. And sometimes when there's discrepancy between the English translations, and I'm not quite sure which one to use, I'll just throw in a Hebrew word, Carl. Yeah. Because there's only one, that. there's only yes. one translation there. That's right. Yeah, it's not even a translation. It's just <laughs> right. the original it's script. The original, right? Um, so, for example, in my and I, I performed this, or I, I let it, and it's okay to perform. Yeah. There, there comes a point sure. in time where I'm performing a song that you've never heard before. Yeah, maybe to. the second time I play it, it's not a performance. Now right. I'm inviting you to join me, and it's different. Mm-hmm. But I, um, from Psalm eight, he, uh, he made him a little lower than the angels, yeah. or some translations, he made him a little lower than the God. God. Yes. So. I said Elohim because that's what the original Hebrew that's is. Right. He made him, you made him a little lower than Elohim. Yeah. Crowned him with glory and honor, placing creation under his feet. Yeah. Feet even rhymed better with Elohim anyhow. So right. <laughs> it, it worked out well. I think um, how it informs my songwriting, if I'm not doing my best to yeah. actually quote scripture, I, I look at the, the tone of the psalmist. I look at the posture yeah. of the psalmist, whether it's, from the Psalms specifically, or it's from, you know, a stanza in Isaiah or yeah. Song of Solomon. And I'm, what's their posture? When they come before the Lord God of hosts, what are they saying? Yeah. When I see that it's incongruent with some of the average Christian yeah. worship songwriting of today, I take note. Yes. And I say, while there may be nothing wrong, and I don't mean to condemn a lyric that says something different. And I won't even give examples. That's yeah. not the point. Right. If, if the example is not congruent with anything that I see in Scripture, I would rather write songs that sound like Scripture. Yeah. I would rather write songs that come straight from Scripture right. in tone yeah. and in posture and yeah. in attitude. Songs of confession, songs of 
praise to God when my circumstances are falling apart. Yeah. You know, yeah. my enemies surround me, yet I trust in you. Yeah. Why Perfect. are you downcast on my soul? Yeah. Put your hope in God. If I can say something that's fresh, but still fits that category, I right. feel like I'm in a good place. Right. That's how it informs me. Well, that's remarkable. And, and it's, it's another thing I love, the fact that you went to Bible college. I mean, yes, you're a music major, but you went to a Bible college right. that gives a foundation theologically mm -hmm. yeah. to your understanding. Everyone of it. basically not, graduates. You don't start with your emotion. No, You don't start with your exactly. feeling. You start with what the scripture says. Right. And the scripture and the, and the authors of the scripture are full of emotion. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And our emotions are valid. But if we believe that the scripture is inspired by God, which I do, yeah. it's a little mysterious and I can't quite explain to you how David's emotions are also inspired, but I choose to believe that the word of God is inspired by God. Yes. And so I trust those emotions more than I trust my own emotions. <laughs> well, it's, you know? it's evident and it, it's rich. I mean, this is the thing that I love, uh, you know, just even talking to you now. Next time I listen to one of your songs, I'm going to be informed about mm -hmm. how you got to write those lyrics, how you, how you came yes. to them and where your approach from the standpoint of, you know, wh where do we start? Do we start with something that, that's consistent and congruent with the text? Right. Does this sound like what, you know, maybe with a different melody and different instrumentation, David would sing on the hillside of Judea? Right. Or, you right. know, would, would there that's be a... That's important. Yes. It really is. Exactly. When I, when or the I pilgrims going up the new, newly uh, uncovered pilgrim road. What would that sound like? What would that sound would that, like? Those stones have heard There would be excitement. Songs. There would yeah. be excitement. So if yeah. you're crafting a song based on those scriptures yeah. or a song that kind of has that tone, you want it to sound as such. Yeah, exactly. I wrote Psalm 51 recently. I, I mean, I wrote the music for Psalm 51, be gracious. I called it. That's the opening line. And I wanted it to sound broken and mm. contrite and fearful because I believe that, that, I mean, we know that David wrote that Psalm yeah. in that seven day period where he was pleading for his son's life yeah. after Nathan, the prophet confronted him about his sin with Bathsheba. Yes. So that should not be a happy song. Yes. In my opinion. Right. That needs to sound broken. So I tried yeah. to imagine if I were David on my face, because yes. it said David was on the floor. Yeah. Fasting for seven days. And I'm singing, be gracious unto me, O God, according to your mercy, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Yeah. That needs to sound appropriate. Yeah. So this is where music and lyric match up. Perfect. You know? Perfect. Well, it, it's a pleasure. I, maybe a little self-serving, but... <laughs> what do you love about the Joshua Fund? I mean, oh, have you got so man. many organizations coming to you, and and why why say yes to the Joshua Fund? I mean, we're we're, we're small. I like to say we punch above our weight class, but you know uh, we're a small organization. But what I tell you, my uh, favorite thing about the Joshua Fund is that you have a heart for Israel and her neighbors. Hmm. That brought me to tears the first time I heard it vocalized, verbalized, and. Not just said, but it was it was at the conference, and there was video proof of your work <laughs> in those countries yeah. and with the people. And because I think they're, um, you know, we're all guilty of potentially feeling elitist, yeah, or looking at a certain people group. And you know, we get the word chosen, and we don't know what to do with the word chosen. Yeah. But sometimes we it's kind of like the word old. We we're talking about Old Testament, New yeah. Testament. One seems obsolete. Well, if you're if you're chosen and you're not chosen, you must be rejected. But that's not what it means. <laughs> it's not at all. And it's a bit of a mystery. Right. So, but we we love our neighbors and we and we look at the example of Jesus, who, you know, went to outside the people of, of Israel at times, yeah. and he healed the Syrophoenician woman intentionally. Yes, yes, and <clears throat> and and in Sikar and, and spent days with the people of Shechem, right? Yeah. And they said at the end of John four, they said, surely we, you know, we heard before, but now we know this is surely the savior of the world. <laughs> so 
it's not just about the Jewish people. First to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. Right. And, and you do that so well, and you demonstrate that so well. And I, uh, I've not seen anybody demonstrate it so well as the Joshua Fund. Well, thank so you. I, and and again, I I say that because uh, you know our audience is aware that we say our, we bless Israel and our neighbors. Yes. But sometimes, you know, seeing it or having somebody with fresh eyes take a look at it, it really does validate what we're what we're all about. It's beautiful and it's rare. Um, so I hope, keep it up. Keep Thank it you. Up. Thank you, Aaron. You. Well, you know, this has been this has been so great. I can't wait for the next time we have you on platform with us. Um, I can't wait for anybody who's listening to come with us to Israel. Like, yes. like for Aaron's uh, situation, it, it was a game changer. It was a life changer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you've always uh, thought that maybe you'd love Israel or that you had a sympathy or a sense that there was something special, but you never really knew why, even if you looked like we did at the back of our Bibles and saw all the maps and went, wow, that's really cool. I mean, you know what? You can go and you can be with us and you can listen to Joel and you can have interactions with not just the, the stones of Israel, the, the, the dead stones, if you will, but the living Amen. stones, Beautiful. the people that Aaron was talking about that both in Israel and in the neighbors are, are seeing the love of Jesus being spread abroad. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we'd love for you to join us uh, this November and December. Uh, you can go to the show notes and find out all the details there as well. You can go to the show notes and find out everything uh, that Aaron has mentioned, all the, the clips and various other things that we're talking about. We want you to be blessed and you will be blessed when you go to Aaron Schuss' website. So, Aaron, thank, thank you for all. our time together here. It's My been really pleasure. great. Anything did you want to just share with our listeners about, you know, maybe their walk, maybe how to encourage their walk through music? Through music? Oh, wow. For me, it's... Or anything? It's, <laughs> it's, it's instrumental music because I'm so distracted by the words. So, if, to me, like the words have to be, they're so important. And if it's if I'm listening to music with words, I'm I'm honed in on that. One of my favorite things I've been doing right now in the mornings is reading five psalms in the morning before I do. I'll have a cup of coffee. I admit, coffee yes. good, does come first. Forgive you, me. You are an East Coast guy like but, me. <laughs> but as I'm drinking that coffee, I I, I found a window facing the sunrise, hmm. and I just in the quiet of the morning before I jump into the day. Wow. And I'll I'll do Bible study later if the Lord allows me the time, which is important for me as a songwriter. It takes about 10 minutes to read five psalms out loud. I love to do it out out loud. loud. And I have a little instrumental music playing in the background. I have a little playlist that's that's peaceful. I think that's so important to proclaim. And I need the reminder. I need the reminder of the truth. And again, those psalms, as they struggle with their own emotions, but they trust in the Lord. That's what I need too. Wow. Blessing. Aaron, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of the podcast. And If you'd like to learn more about the Joshua Fund, you can visit our website at joshuafund.com. And there you can learn about what we're doing in the Middle East to bless Israel and the greater Middle East in the name of Jesus and how you can be participating in the healing work we're doing in this region. And as always, check out our show notes for anything you heard on the podcast that you'd like more information on. For Joel Rosenberg, I'm Carl Muller. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Epicenter. Hi, this is Joel Rosenberg, founder and chairman of the Joshua Fund, and I've got exciting news. In 2023, I'm inviting you on behalf of our entire board and staff to come to the Holy Land, to come to Israel on the next prayer and vision tour. This is the 75th anniversary of the prophetic rebirth of the modern state of Israel back in 1948. And what is God doing here? It's amazing, spiritually, economically, in so many ways. There's been so much growth, so much progress, but the best is yet 
to come. And we want you to see it. We want you to walk where Jesus walked. We want you to see where the apostles ministered. We want you to see where people's lives were transformed by the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We want you to see this city where Jesus died and rose again and where he's coming back, I hope soon. But in the meantime, come to Israel with the Joshua Fund. You can learn more about the trip, the itinerary, the cost, all the details at joshuafund.com. But sign up quickly because I think this thing is going to fill up fast. The Prayer and Vision Tour of Israel in the fall of 2023. I hope to see you there. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.